Welcome to another Kingdom Community Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Supernatural life. A supernatural life is a life where anything can happen that is out of the ordinary, unexplainable by natural law. What we call supernatural is actually the kind of life God called us to. Now that's something to think about. What we call supernatural should actually be our normal. It should actually be what we're walking in because scripture says that believers shall be followed by signs and wonders. Yes. Amen? I felt like this week the Lord started talking to me about walking in the supernatural and reminding myself um, of my heavenly position. And I'll tell you what happened last week. Um, I went to church in the morning and halfway through the day I said to Paul, I actually can't do this. I feel so unwell. Um, turned out that I'd caught a virus. And um, I spent the majority of the week at home uh, running up fevers, uh, feeling really, really crook. And I went out to the GP and he put me on antibiotics. And, um, and I was so sick that I couldn't get out of bed. And for the majority of the week, I thought, I just I can't get to work. I'm going to call in sick. And... Um, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm done. Like, I just, I need to rest up and this is probably just my natural body telling me to take a little bit of time out. And I felt okay with that for like two, three days. And by the fourth day I thought, this is actually getting really boring. I still don't feel really like alright. And by the fifth day I thought, I'm actually feeling worse than I did three or four days ago. I actually feel like my health is so declined now that I've got no energy whatsoever. Now, I don't know if you can see my arm, but I just did the smallest bump and I ended up with like a massive, massive bruise, which to me shows that I was really low on iron. And um, when you're low on iron, your energy is just completely depleted, right? By day five, I actually thought, I don't know why I'm putting up with this. I don't know why I've actually justified that this can actually happen in my body. It has no legal grounds. It shouldn't be here. I'm actually allowing myself to be taken out and be sick and be so undone that I can't function. And it actually has no ground. There's no reason for it. I don't know why I've actually permitted myself to be so undone. So by day five, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to treat this as if it's not existing. Like, I'm not saying deny your symptoms, right? But I felt led to just get out of bed and do the day like I would any other day. Now, the interesting thing is, the moment I got out of bed, I thought, I'm not going to be sick anymore, and I put my clothes on, and I thought, I'm going to clean up the house. I'm just sick of the mess that I've like had over the whole week, and I'm going to start cleaning it up. I got out of bed, put my clothes on, and I realized I didn't have any symptoms. 
I, everything was gone. The fever was gone, the unwellness was gone, um, the lethargy was gone, and, and I thought, because I've taken my place in the heavenly realities and decided that my spirit rules over my body, my body stopped being sick. Yeah. And it reminded me that we need to start living out of that heavenly supernatural reality where we tell our body what to do and it's not the other way around. Yeah. It's not our body telling us that we're undone and sick and um, subject to natural laws because we're actually called to walk a supernatural walk. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So, you know how you give yourself a kick in the butt? I felt like I was giving myself a kick in the you-know-what and reminding myself of what I'm actually called to. And the interesting thing is that I've actually known better. But you know how sometimes you get a revelation or a reality and then you kind of slip away from that? And you start doing the life and you start getting ruled by your circumstances, by the busyness of your job, the busyness of your family, the busyness of just do, like, doing the life, and you forget that you're actually called to something more. You forget that you're actually called to be a powerful believer that declares over the circumstances. Yeah? yeah. I felt like I had to remind myself. And when I started talking to the Holy Spirit about this, he actually led me to my um, bookcase. And it's the very first book that I pulled out. And I've forgotten that the title of this was The Supernatural Man. Now, this is a book that was given to us by a man that we have a really high appreciation for. His name is like Adam Thompson. Um, he's the author of the Divinity Code. And um, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, start reading that book. And the interesting thing is that I had that on the shelf for at least eight months, probably up to a year and a half, right? And I hadn't actually started reading it. But I pulled the book out and started reading it, and it really reminded me of what we call to. Supernatural life, not putting up with circumstances, but declaring the truth of God over our lives to actually allow God to prosper us. Because when we start aligning ourselves with the truth of God, He has the space to do things in our life. Because yeah. Scripture says that Jesus went into a town and could not do much because of the unbelief. Yeah? yeah. So, in other words, we need to align ourselves with the um, reality of heaven to allow God to have space to prosper us in our lives. If we start walking in fear or unbelief, we actually don't allow God to align ourselves to his plan to prosper us. Yeah? yeah. So in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14, it says, A natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. Mm. The natural man actually can't grasp it. It's by the Spirit of God that you start declaring the supernatural walk. It's by the Spirit of God that you start believing in the supernatural. Yeah. Faith itself is actually a supernatural thing. You can't tell yourself, I'm just going to believe a little bit more. It's not a natural thing. It's a supernatural thing that's actually given by God. And some people have been given a supernatural faith to astounding measures. We think, I just can't believe that they believe that much. But it's a spiritual gift. Yeah. Yeah? 
It's a supernatural thing to accept the things of the Spirit of God. Now, why are we called to a supernatural life? If God has created this reality, why are we actually called to walk and be followed by signs and wonders? It's because God defends his reputation, and his reputation is to prosper us, to counsel us, to provide for us, to prepare a hope and a future for us, and he will defend that reputation to the point that if your natural resources run out and there is a lack between what you need and what you have, God will actually bridge that gap. Yeah. He'll bridge it. Now I've got numerous, numerous testimonies that I could actually, I could, I could create a mini conference talking about how God will actually bridge the gap between the natural and the supernatural when you need it. And over 20 something years, I've heard astounding testimonies of what God does. And even people in church that come up and tell me like, I wanted that car, I wanted it for that amount, I only had that much, and the Lord gave me the car I wanted, and you know, and it led me to the right place, the right person, they brought the price down, I got you know, what I wanted. I've heard testimonies of God doing something supernatural in circumstances that you wouldn't expect. Amen? So I want to talk about what God does today, because that gets me excited. Uh -huh. Woo! Okay, who's ready for testimonies? Yeah. Yeah. I remember one day, I read a scripture about Enoch. Now Enoch, it's in uh, Genesis 5 verse 24. And it says, um, Enoch walked with God, and then he was not, because the Lord took him. And a lot of people translate that as Enoch walks, and then he walks straight into heaven. Yeah. He was here, and then he was there. And he was so close to God that he just like, he just naturally went to heaven without dying. <laughs> and I remember reading that and being really envious of that walk with God. And I thought, wow, he walked with you. He actually walks with you. And I thought, I want to do that. I actually want to walk with the Holy Spirit so closely that he can speak to me in my everyday life. And at the time, there was no grid for being a 24-7 Christian. If I said to people, I want to worship the Lord like day and night all the time, they would just give me this really odd look. Like, yeah, but on Monday you don't, right? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do on Monday? And I remember thinking, I feel this draw to actually incorporate the Holy Spirit into everything I do. And not as a super spiritual thing, but as an everyday life thing. I actually want to invite the Holy Spirit into everything I do. And there was no grid for it. Every time I spoke to someone about wanting to do everything with God, they were like, that's a bit over the top. But I thought, I want to walk with God. And every time I read a scripture about walking with God or shedding your, like, shodding your feet, how do you call that, with like the shoes of the gospel and walking with God, I felt prompted in my spirit. And I started inviting the Holy Spirit in to walk with me and asking the Holy Spirit to allow me to, like, keep up with where he was at. So there was this dual thing of, like, Lord, walk with me, be intimate with me in a in an everyday relationship where I know you and hear your voice and and know the intimacy of your father's heart and 
um, have a close fellowship with you and I want to commune with you on a daily basis. And I haven't actually heard any other person pray that. Um, but I felt the Holy Spirit invite me to do that. And a couple of years after that, after like just having this continuous walk with the Lord, I went to this Bible school and um, they said, like, we want you to go on a prayer walk. And I said, okay. And one of my friends came out with me and we were on the street and she said, like, what are we going to do? And I said, oh, I feel like the Lord says, walk with me. So she's like, okay. So we were like walking. She said, where are we walking? I said, I don't know. Just, let's just keep walking until he tells us not to walk anymore. So we were walking down the road and doing this whole, like, bless this place, and which is really good, actually, to do around your neighborhood. So just bless the neighborhood. And we walked and walked, and we came up to this homemaker center, and I said to my friend, I feel like the Holy Spirit says, walk into the homemaker center. So she's like, okay. Like, shake your oil is really weird, but okay, let's just do what you feel the Holy Spirit says. Like, okay. And um, we walk into the homemaker center, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, just keep walking. So I'm like, I keep walking. And then I see the shop and it says Toys are Us. And I said, my like Holy Spirit says to me that we need to walk into Toys R Us. And she said, Check me so weird, but okay. I'm like, okay, so we walk into Toys R Us and clear as day, I hear the Holy Spirit saying, Walk to the left. So like, okay. And then he says, Walk to the left again. So I walk to the left again. And then he doesn't say anything. And I'm standing there in the aisle and I thought, I'm not gonna do anything that tells me what the next instruction is. And I'm looking at the shelf, and right in front of me, there's this big Muppet doll that's called Elmo. Now, who knows Elmo? Yeah. The red doll with the orange nose, and I am. I'm standing in front of Elmo, and on the belly button, it says, press me. And I thought, well, I don't have any other assignment from the Holy Spirit. And he told me to walk to the left and the left. And I'm standing in front of Elmo, and it says, press me. So that's probably God talking to me or something. like. <laughs> So I pressed the belly button, and guess what Elmo said? He said, walk with me. And my friend almost backflipped in the aisle. She almost fell out under the power of the Holy Spirit. And she said, you just said that the Holy Spirit said that, and now Elmo just said that. Now, it wasn't Cassandra Porter in Elmo. I'm not saying a supernatural voice came out, but God used that doll. To, to confirm that he was saying, walk with me. I didn't need it, but I bought it. <laughs> so, I go back to the Bible school and I said like, the Lord just spoke to me and he said, walk with me. And then I walked into a toy store and then I pressed the belly button and the door said, talk to me. And I said like, God actually spoke through Elmo. And they're like, whoa, walk with me. It was a supernatural confirmation. Yeah. Don't you think that God's fun? Yeah. He does really fun stuff to get you out of your box to realize that he's actually confirming his <coughs> word, right? Yeah. Supernatural. I love listening to his voice and just stepping out. I remember one day I was sitting on my couch and I hear the Holy Spirit say, get out of your house right now, walk around the corner, stand in the middle of the street and whistle. Okay. So I look around the corner and I stand in the middle of the street and I'm like, <laughs> and up comes this puppy dog. I'm like, hey! And I go down and I see that it's got a number on the collar. 
So I grabbed the dog and I'm like sitting there in the middle of the road. And then this guy comes running up. How did you know that the dog was going to come? And I said like, well, I felt the Holy Spirit say, leave your house and stand in the middle of the road and whistle. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. And he said, well, isn't that great that you just got the dog at that time? That is a testimony. Sometimes you'll tell someone what the Holy Spirit has told you and it's the smallest seed. And God plants that in his life. And then there might be someone else that the Lord sends and they'll also plant a seed until there's a harvest. Yeah. And what I mean with that is like he's going to fall off the tree like a ripe apple yeah. into the kingdom of God. Amen. But we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to talk through us yeah. to allow other people to also prosper in the plans of God. And his plan is to actually allow us to receive a revelation of heaven. Yeah. But he wants to use us as a mouthpiece often. He wants to speak through us and to us. Amen? I remember one time, and this was a continuous thing in our life back then. Like We were very young parents. and um, I remember I had organized this piano lesson for my son who was born with 12 at the time. And... Um, the teacher was going to come out, and I remember checking in my purse, checking my bank account, and as usual, it was the last week of the month, and we had run out of money, and that was a reoccurring thing, and I remember thinking, oh, I'll just check, I'll check my pockets, um, I'll check my coat pocket, usually I'll find three or four dollars and just make this work, and um, I found that I had ten dollars in cash, and I checked my coat pockets and there was nothing in it. I think I already depleted that. Went into my handbag, checked in my handbag, there was no money in my handbag. And then I found that the resources that I usually had, like, like $5 in my jeans or money in my bag, just it wasn't there. And all I could find in the whole house was just these $10. And I remember getting emotionally really undone by the fact that I was going to have to tell this piano teacher that was quite a a posh, nice person, that I didn't have the money. And I remember feeling really embarrassed, thinking this is a reoccurring thing. And I'm so sick of this. I'm so sick of telling people and then having them either show me mercy or um, kind of wave it or cancel it. I'm just sick of telling people that I don't have enough, right? And I remember saying to the Lord, like, Lord, you are my provider and I need a miracle. And then I just put the money on the piano and I thought, I'm just going to keep believing that God's going to do something. Now, in the midst of that process, I must say that my husband was at work and my children were at school and I was in my house by myself and there was $10 lying on the piano. And I had declared that God was my provider. And in the midst of me walking back and forth and looking at it and actually getting really stressed, I went to the bathroom and I came back and I looked at the piano and I thought, I know how many times I counted that money and it was $10. And I looked on the piano and it had actually multiplied to $22. Like, do you know how many times I had that $10 in my hands? Like there is no way that there was another note stuck to that or anything like that. It was $10. And the lesson itself was a little bit more than that. I think the lesson was $25. So there was still a, a gap, which really confused me because I thought the Lord's provided, but then he's, he hasn't provided what I need. And this is really strange. So there's still me having to explain that I don't have enough, but he's provided. I don't understand this. But I said, Lord, I just, 
I didn't even see an angel. There was nobody that came into my house. My front door is locked. There's nobody in the house, and that money multiplied, and I've just received a miracle. That money was $10, and it went to $22. And I said, Lord, you're my provider. This is just, this blows my mind. I've never heard anyone say anything like this, but it just, it happened, and I was really spun out. And I think within 10 minutes of me having the $22, thinking like, how am I going to bridge this gap? The piano teacher called me up and he cancelled the lesson. And he said, look, I can't come today. And I remember standing there with the money thinking like, why did I doubt that you were going to bridge the gap of what I needed? While my circumstances were in your hands and Lord, you already knew that he was going to cancel that lesson and you just showed me that you can provide no matter what and give me exactly what I need. And I don't even need those $22 for the lesson anymore. I can spend it on anything I want. I could go out and, and get chips for the kids or whatever. Like, you know, I had $22 in my hands. And I remember repenting to God and saying, like, Lord, just forgive me for my unbelief. Forgive me for declaring something and then not seeing the bigger picture and actually conking out in the mid middle of my prayer life. Not believing that you can bridge the gap from $22 to $25. And I remember in the midst of that season, like going outside and sitting on this like little garden chair in my backyard and I would look up to the, like, the stars. And sometimes I would sit there for two or three hours and really feel worship. And you know how you almost have like a, an out-of-body experience where you start to realize how far up the stars are? Light years away, right? And then I almost had this picture of like God looking down at planet <coughs> Earth and me being like this little speck of dust, like small in the like in the midst of all these people on planet Earth, and yet God has this confirming, empathic love over me, a speck of dust, and it made me realize how big God is, how big He is that He's created everything and anything that we know, star systems, the Milky Way. The sun, the moon, and yet sometimes my faith is so small. So small. Sometimes it's like our faith is a tent that needs to be enlarged. It's like we need to pull those tent pegs out and actually gain a greater revelation of who he actually is. Because scripture says that God breathed into the dust and Adam was created. We're talking about the one that can do anything and everything at all times. Yeah. I remember the first time I went to a meeting and saw a guy that was being prayed for and he had um, two legs that were really out of whack, like one was at least 10 centimeters shorter than the other. And this guy prayed for him with full faith and I started to see his leg grow. Uh, you can be a skeptic, I don't care, but I saw it with my own eyes. And the leg grew, and it grew, and it grew, and I thought, I oh, could, it's caught up with the other leg, and then it kept growing. It went beyond the other leg, and I thought, he's still got a problem now, because now he's going to, like, hobble all the way home, and he's still disjointed. He's still not aligned. He's still not, you know? And then the other leg that didn't even need to grow actually started growing. So his leg grew, and then the other leg grew out with it. 
and he was at least 10 centimeters bigger, like taller. He had a raised shoe and he didn't need it anymore. And I remember being so spun out by seeing the supernatural life in action in this, like, you know, in this thing that I went home and my kids were teenagers and I woke them all up in the middle of the night, I think it was two or three in the morning. And I remember saying to them, God is real. God is real. Like supernatural life is real. I'm telling you, like he can do stuff in an instant. Who knows the story about the prophet that was really defeated and sat under a tree and then the tree, I think it withered or it grew. Like we're talking about instant supernatural um, divine intervention by God. He can do things in an instant, but we need to grasp the revelation of who he is and who we are in that heavenly reality and not get bogged down by our circumstances where we're seeing life from down here instead of from up above. Yeah. We're looking over our circumstances, yeah? yeah? Did I hear it? That's true. Yeah. I thought I heard it. <laughs> In Genesis 18, Sarah laughed when she expected Isaac. It was a supernatural birth that she had. She had menopause. Her body was out, out of the childbirth years. And yet God supernaturally resurrected her body so that she gave birth at a very old age. I think she was in her 90s at least. And she laughed because it was supernatural. I remember one time hearing um, a testimony by Heidi Baker. Who knows Heidi Baker? Yeah? Heidi Baker has a ministry in Mozambique where she takes care of um, multitudes of African orphans, children, um, sometimes children that are in extreme poverty and um, she'll help their parents as well. So she's got this massive ministry and often her ministry is really on the fire. And she shared this testimony where she was in a Jeep and the children were on the back of the Jeep and they used to go out and evangelize on the streets to um, children that were impoverished and homeless. and. Um, in the midst of them being out on the street with these kids on the back of the jeep, they started to get chased by terrorists. Now, terrorists in Africa are extremely dangerous because they will either hijack your car, steal the children, sell them into slavery, or just kill you for the fact that you're of a different color, a different ethnicity. So getting chased by, by terrorists is extremely dangerous and life-threatening. And she was in a jeep and she said like, okay, I'm just gonna bolt, I'm gonna declare God is over this situation. And she drove um, through all these side streets and no matter what she did, she couldn't get away from the terrorist. And um, she went through one side street and the other side street and the other side street and kept declaring that God was with her. And she was scared that she was gonna lose the kids off the back of the jeep in the meantime, because like these terrorists were there with guns. And, um, there was this one moment where she went through a side street and there was two trees and she thought, now I'm in big trouble. And she went through the trees and, um, and narrowly escaped these terrorists like following her because they just stopped following her. Now, I think that within a couple of days, she went back to that same spot and she took a tape measure and she measured the distance between the trees that she had gone through. And then she went back to her jeep and she measured the jeep. And she said, I don't know if my jeep became smaller or the trees became wider, but it wasn't physically possible. It wasn't possible. Something happened to reality 
And it became a supernatural testimony of the goodness of God, because God had plans to prosper her, and he wasn't going to allow her to be taken out by terrorists. And whether the car went smaller, or the trees went wider, or the, the car went through the trees, I don't know. But she survived that. And I've heard other testimonies of people being out in the street and almost coming into this like, frontal collision of another car coming from the other direction and calling on Jesus and then saying that either the car went through the car or the car went to the side and escapes. But there was supernatural um, intervention into the circumstances to the point that people were not killed yeah. and still live. Yeah. See, it pays to call on the name of Jesus. We will be followed by signs and wonders. It's actually a promise to us as believers that we will be followed by signs and wonders. And I felt like this week the Lord said, like, we need to remind ourselves of what we're called to. We need to remind ourselves in the midst of circumstances so we're actually not under them, but we're above them. And we need to start aligning ourselves with those truths. And um, I went into... Um, that we have this mirror cabinet up in our bathroom and I pulled out this necklace that I bought like a couple of years ago and I remember at the time when Paul pulled this out, it was in this little antique shop. It had, did you see, five keys. It had five keys under it. I pulled it out of the cabinet and I remember when I bought it thinking, this is incredibly prophetic. There's something about five keys and unlocking spiritual truths. This week, I felt like the Lord um, spoke to me about five keys that actually align ourselves to receive um, to receive the plans that He has to prosper us. So it's like five keys, right? Yeah. Now I'm going to mention them quickly, and then I'm going to go back and just like go into it a little bit more. So the five keys are to ask, <coughs> to declare, to seek, to knock, and to believe. So I'll say it one more time for those that are writing it down. To ask, to declare, to seek, to knock, and to believe. Five keys that actually align you to um, receive the supernatural walk, to receive the plans that God has to prosper you. Now it says in the Bible, when you ask, God will give it. Ask and the Lord will give it to you. Ask the Lord and it will be given. Declare the word of God over your circumstances. Your circumstances have to align with his plan to prosper you. If there's a gap that needs to be breached between the natural and the supernatural, he will do that. There is no lack in the kingdom. He wants you to step out. Yeah? Declare over your circumstances. Sometimes you need to put on that militant jacket and start declaring that your circumstances need to align. Like I did this week, I'm not going to put up with being taken out by being sick. I'm going to declare that God is my healer. That I am called to supernatural reality. That I am not under my circumstances, but that the devil is under my feet and the serpent is squashed. Amen? He's under my feet. I'm putting my feet down. I'm declaring that I'm above and not below. I'm declaring that I'm heads and not tails. I'm declaring the goodness of God over my life and that his plans to prosper will come to pass in Jesus' name. And that I will align myself with his truths 
and not with the truth of the circumstances surrounding. Yeah? yeah. Seek his heart and you will find. It's another scriptural promise. Seek him and you will find. It says in the Bible, seek him earnestly with all your heart and you will find. It's a promise. When you seek the truth, you will find it. Knock and it will be opened to you. You know what the interesting thing is? Like, there's something very active about that. It's not like a, oh, I'm just going to wait till it happens. There's something about knocking on that door and not giving up. Yeah. I remember when they actually created the word door, it was um, in Hebrew, the letter Dalit was actually based on the fact that somebody would take a knife, walk up to a tent, slash it to the right, and then slash it down. And then it became the word door. So it was actually this active involvement of creating a door. And then later on, when it went to the wooden door, it says, knock on the door. Do something. Be active and knock on it. Now, to me, knocking on a door means that you don't give up by praying. It means that I'm going to keep petitioning for this thing to happen. Like, Lord, I know that you are true. I keep like believing that you are true. I keep believing that you are my provider. I keep believing that my circumstances need to align with you. And I ask you for your reality to become this reality. Yeah. I ask you for heaven to evade earth. In all my circumstances at all times. I'm knocking on that door, Lord, and I'm not giving up because I know that you are a good father. And that your plans will come to pass. And that everything needs to align with that. With the God that breathed into Adam and created life. Yeah. Yeah? I almost feel like saying we're talking about God. Not our man-made vision, like image of God. But about the creator of all things. That could do all things in everyone at all times. It's God. Yeah? Believe. When Jesus went into a town, um, it says that he could not do much because there was an unbelief in the town. So in other words, if there's not a lot of faith, it means that the Holy Spirit doesn't have a lot of space to move in. So we need to start stretching our tempegs to actually believe that he can do all things. We can even speak to our inner man and say, like, hoping God. We can speak to our heart and say, like, don't get like bogged down by your circumstances. Hope in God. You can actually, by the Spirit, speak to the natural man. You need to align yourself with the truths of heaven. My body needs to align itself with the truths of heaven. My body needs to manifest heavenly realities. Yes. There's a scripture in Revelation that says, um, Revelation 5, 8. It says, now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and a golden bowl full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. It says that when fire hit the bowls, the bowls were like poured out. Our prayers go up in incense and fill the bowls, and there's a beautiful aroma that comes out of our prayers. But when the bowls are filled, they tip. And I know that like, I'll often pray for people and uh, they'll walk away and they'll say, like, oh, nothing happened, I wasn't healed, I, um, I didn't feel the breakthrough. And then I almost feel like saying there's no such thing. There's no such thing as nothing happened. 
But sometimes, um, like for example, there's a scripture that says that an angel came as a messenger and he was hindered because the devil came and fought against him. So sometimes there's this warfare going on in the spirit. Sometimes the truth is actually spoken in heaven, but your, your body needs to manifest the truth that is already like established in heaven. Yeah. And it's by the power of the tongue that that is actually um, empowered. Does it make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I remember one time going to a meeting and there was this lady there that said, um, somebody needs prayer for a back <coughs> issue. And I had sciatic pain in my back, like really bad. 20 something years of feeling like I was stabbed with a knife. And she prayed for me and I felt the Holy Spirit, like really felt the Holy Spirit move over my body. And I remember sitting down and thinking like, I'm still in agony. But I know I felt him. I know the Holy Spirit did something, right? And I just kept my mouth shut. And the next day, um, my kids said to me, like, oh, mom, like, you went to church last night. How was it? Was it good? And without me feeling it, I said to them, I was healed. Because I received prayer, right? And I said, like, I was healed by the Holy Spirit last night. Now, the moment I said that, I could feel the Holy Spirit land on my words. I could feel it land in the spirit. The moment I said I was healed, I could feel that same Holy Spirit presence come over me, over my back, and it manifested. Mm. So the moment I said to my kids I was healed last night, I was healed. Mm. Isn't that a miracle? Yeah. Because I confessed it with my tongue, my body had to manifest the reality that was already spoken in heaven. But imagine if I would have said to my kids like I wasn't healed last night because I'm still in pain. Nothing happened. Imagine if I wouldn't have aligned myself with his plans to prosper me. See, there's like a power in the tongue. And sometimes we need to command our body to manifest that truth of heaven. Yeah. Yeah? Sometimes we need to grasp a revelation of the fact that those prayer bowls are filled. And it's only a matter of time before they're tipped out. So what you need to do is keep adding prayer to it until they're so full that they have to manifest that reality. Because there's no sickness, there's no pain in heaven. And God has a plan to prosper us. Yeah? Amen. So I'm going to read out this page from this book that I got this week that I really felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to delve into. Adam Thompson is an incredibly prophetic person. And he's speaking about this um, revelatory gift that he has where he starts dreaming prophetic dreams. So after he had just an incredible supernatural encounter, I would really recommend buying that book, by the way, guys. Like, if you want to read something that's really good about supernatural life, it's called The Supernatural Man, (coughs) Learn to Walk in Revelatory Realms of Heaven. It's from the beginning to the end, it's just absolute gold. So it says, a week later, I was spending time worshipping the Lord, and I fell asleep. Again, I was caught up in an encounter. And I saw the sea of glass in the third heaven. This time, it seemed as as if I was closer to the throne of God, which looks like a dome of gold light. The closer I got, the brighter and bigger this gold light became. I didn't see the throne of God because of the intensity of the bright and glorious light, but I knew the throne was there. 
I saw thousands and thousands of empty crystal chairs embedded in the sea of glass. I wondered why these chairs were empty. I thought some event must have occurred in the past or what was about to take place because I was the only one there. The Spirit of God spoke to me again and said that these were the seats of the saints who have been robbed of the revelatory understanding of what it means to be seated in heavenly places. So we're talking about empty chairs. The Lord showed me that a lot of Christians are walking their spiritual life using their country of earthly citizenship to serve God. They don't fully understand their identity in God or what it means to be seated in heavenly places. They are walking in authority but not in a posture. Their minds are constantly being tormented by fear and they are not secure in God. They are walking in unbelief. I had another encounter with the Lord just recently. In a supernatural dream, I was preaching in front of a multitude. So this was a dream he had, right? And then he says, I believe in Australia. Now that's where I pay attention, because I'm like, ooh, down under. I believe this was in Australia. And I said, you come to me and say you can't hear the voice of God. You come to me because you want a word. The Lord will say to you, you come to me saying, I can't hear the voice of God. I'm having trouble hearing God, but you have no trouble in listening to the lies of the devil. This is where I feel like a conviction for myself, right? Ooh, you have no trouble in listening to the lies of the devil. Listening to him creates fear, anxiety, frustration, and doubt. The Lord says, use your ears to hear his promises and walk in them with your spiritual eyes and the anointed imagination. Wow. wow, empty chairs because people are walking in their earthly citizenship. Wow. I really felt like the Lord this week reminded me of what we're actually called to. A supernatural walk where we don't get bogged down by circumstances and just doing life, you know. Like, just not broke down by pain or disappointment or um, bad work circumstances or anything, or even sickness like I had this week. But we need to put on that militant jacket again and start declaring the truth of God. And the truth of God is that we're called to a supernatural life yeah. where we as believers are followed by signs and wonders. Because yeah. God wants to prosper us. And not just us, but he wants us to be a mouthpiece of his prospering so that he can prosper everyone around us. Yeah? Yeah. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> I love speaking truth. Amen? Come on. So my heart for you guys tonight is that you walk away being reminded of who you are. You know that dream that Adam had about the empty chairs? Take your chair in those heavenly places. Start declaring over your circumstances. And if you're not seeing the breakthrough yet, know that there's power in the tongue in what you're confessing. And just keep confessing until your circumstances actually align with the truth of heaven. Amen? Yeah. Yeah? It's only a matter of time before your circumstances have to bow to the manifested power of heaven. Yeah. Yeah? Where heaven collides with earth. Yeah. And oh yeah, we just we we call to a supernatural walk, guys. Yeah. 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 Okay, now let's pray. Thank you.
Lord, we're asking you to remind us on a daily basis that we are called to a supernatural life. We're asking you for a greater revelatory understanding of the facts that there are chairs in heaven that we're meant to be seated on in an authority that we are above our circumstances and not underneath them. That we are not ruled by earthly laws, but that we are ruled by heavenly reality and that we are um, called to be believers that are followed by signs and wonders. We're asking you to give us a revelatory understanding of who we are called to be. Lord, we want to declare the word of God over our circumstances, Lord, and we ask you to remind us of scriptures, um, to bring us back to the word of God, to actually declare your truth over our circumstances. And Lord, your word says that you have plans to prosper us, Lord, and recalling that into being right now, that our life will be a living, walking, talking testimony of your plan to prosper us. And Lord, that we will declare that truth so that our life is aligned with that. In Jesus' name. Lord, we seek your will in your heart. And you promise in your word that we will find it when we seek it earnestly, Lord. We're seeking to hear your voice, to hear your ways, to know your heart, to align ourselves with that still small voice to be able to step out when you tell us to step out, to declare your plans to prosper us and the people around us in Jesus' name. Yeah. Lord, we seek your heart. Lord, we're knocking on heaven's door. You say in scripture, knock and it will be open to you. Lord, we're knocking on heaven's door. We're knocking on the door of your heart. We're asking you to come in and have fellowship with us. We're asking you to prepare a table in the presence of our enemies, Lord, to be able to sit down and feast in the presence of our enemies on the goodness of God. Lord, you've created us to be blessed, to be blessed in supernatural signs and wonders, to be prosperous in your will and in your ways, Lord. Lord Thomas said, like, I believe, help my unbelief, Lord. We're asking you to enlarge the tent pegs of our faith, to stretch us out, to have a greater understanding of who we're actually talking to, to understand that you are God, that you're not just man, that you're not small, that you're not like part of our circumstances, but that you're a supernatural God that created all things that can do all things, Lord. We're asking you to give us a supernatural faith. Stretch our tempest, Lord, to believe for the impossible, to believe for that supernatural realm, to believe that when our natural circumstances run out or run void of provision, that you actually bridge that gap. Help us, Lord, to start believing for the supernatural in Jesus' name. Stretch the tent pegs of our faith. Enlarge the tent in Jesus' name. Lord, open our eyes. When we as believers are called to be followed by signs and wonders, let us not miss it. 
open our eyes to see what you want to do and when you want to do it and how you want to do it and how you want to use us as instruments in that. So that we become a blessing, Lord. So that we start walking in heavenly truth and heavenly reality. Where we're not bogged down by circumstances, but actually become supernaturally empowered to walk in your will and your ways, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening. This has been another Kingdom Community Church podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to www.kingdomcc.com.au. God bless.